Welcome to episode 32 of Not Another Podcast, where I navigate life but help some friends. I'm Billy, glad to have you along. In this episode, I am joined by the founder of Move to Grow Properties, Sam White. Sam takes me through the journey to how she started Move to Grow Properties, some of the challenges she's faced along the way, some top tips for starting your own business and just a really good conversation, delving into how she started it, how it became, what it is today, and lots of lots of valuable bits of information that you can take into everyday life. So really good listen for the next 35, 40 minutes or so. I hope you're well, I hope you've had a good week, hope you've stayed productive, stayed safe, and stayed sane. Same again for me this week, um, still on my own, um, but I found a lot of time to, to get things done. I've been really productive with my time, well, for the most part, anyway. Sleeping pattern is still absolutely horrendous. (laughs) I've actually been spending a lot of my time reading. I was having a chat with my dad back home, and we were chatting about this video that he saw. It was about read one book a week for four years, and the kind of the information this guy had gained and the kind of insight into his life how it's changed from reading a book a week for four years so i've given it a go i've started it i've so far on book number two in t- so i'm about nearly at the end of book two actually and i've been reading that for four days it's jürgen klopp's biography so this will be two books in two weeks then i'm going to start another one after that but if you have any book recommendations leave them below i've got nothing but time on my hands at the minute so i can fire through loads of them <laughs> but I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you updated as to how it's going, if it's worth doing or if it's if it's a waste of time. But at the minute, it's been really, really fun. Quite enjoying reading, actually. Quite therapeutic. And it's a time kill because I've got nothing, like I said, nothing but time to kill. <laughs> Next week, I've got a guest coming on who we had a really good conversation, which I'm going to introduce later on next week, just so I can make give Sam the credit she deserves for this episode really enjoyed making this episode to be fair really interesting what i found really interesting was a lot of the advice she gave and a lot of the stories she had are things that people can take into everyday life it's not um it's not just exclusive to property and it's not just exclusive to that world you can take the advice she's given into whatever you do and that's what i want this podcast to be i want this to be a place where you can have a bit of a giggle, have a bit of fun, and also you might pick up one or two things that you can take with you, whether it be things to change life, whether it be just things to take away in whatever form. So that's what I want it to be, and I think this episode really embodies this the, the direction I want to take this podcast in. As always, I want to try and get you guys to be as interactive and in, be included as much as possible within these episodes. So during all these episodes, in the bio and in the episode description, I've added a feature for you to add your own voice messages. They're about a minute long each. What I want you to do is if you listen to this episode, fire across any questions you might have for me that I can probably answer, any stories of your own relating to the episodes that we've had, and even just any any way you want to feature. I want to try and get as many of you guys on as possible and just make this a, a place where we can all just have a bit of a laugh and ask each other a few questions and learn from each other 
So use that feature in the episode description to send over a question, send over a story, send over something that you think the people that uh, the other listeners will want to hear. If you don't, not a problem, but I'm going to try and open the door for a lot of people to come on and have a bit of a laugh. I'm always looking for guests as well. So the next few episodes, I'm going to be trying to tie in some really good guests from all different fields just to just to branch out and reach as many people as possible and also to to make it interesting like I'm there are things like we've had Jack from the coaching lab last week I have no experience in running a business Sam this week I have no experience in property and it's really helping me relate a lot of what they have done to what I do and I hope you can feel the same but I've realized I'm going to be I'm talking for ages I'm going to cut the waffle (laughs) and let's get into our conversation with Sam if you enjoy it share it to a friend someone you might find it really interesting just someone who who fancies hearing us chat for 35 40 minutes but really enjoyed this episode you can find sam on instagram at move to grow properties two is in the number move to grow properties and you can find out all the information there and what she and her husband are getting up to in their property journey but without further ado i want to pass over to the past tense billy and we'll get straight into it so enjoy the episode and i'll catch you later right here we are back again with someone who now i think solidifies himself as friend of the show for their second appearance yes there we go. Mug is on the way. But, um, <laughs> but I'm joined today by someone who appeared on, I think it was episode 13, where we spoke about our trip to the Gambia. But now I've got them back on to talk about something a bit more, something a bit different, I'd, I'd say, to the Gambia. But um, we're here representing Move to Grow, Move to Grow Properties is... Sam White. So Sam, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on again. And love to hear that I'm a friend of the show. I can uh, bat Andy with that now. There we go. Put it on the CV as well. Happy days. Exactly, yeah, definitely. (laughs) But anyway, how's things? Yeah, all good. Um, It's strange times at the moment, but um, yeah, I think definitely trying to use this as a good time and time and space to sort of do different things really and sort of crack on and write goals and keep positive really so yeah doing all right doing all right how about yourself yeah not too bad quite similar really just trying to stay as productive as possible when there's not really much much to do I guess so it's just trying to find find ways to stay busy ways to kind of keep on top of things and like you said just setting goals and targets and things like that but um but the reason we got you on today is like I've said to you before I wanted to use this year for the podcast to to kind of help with that and help trying to pick up knowledge here and there and learning about a few different things and also for people listening to maybe they maybe have an interest in certain guests and to take away like nuggets of information but um but with you you've the reason we got you on is because you've got your own your your own your own baby your own project your own company so firstly what we'll do is can you tell us a little bit about move to grow properties yeah sure um so 
It all started really um, a long, long time ago. My first ever property um, was a repossession house. Um, bought it in Wickham, it was an absolute dive. Uh, there was graffiti on the walls, punch holes. Um, there was 20 knives buried in the garden, really random. God. Um, <laughs> there was like a bag of um, one pet, like shoes, not even in pairs, uh, like buried in the garden. And um, there was like the bathroom taps didn't hook in. So if you turn the tap on, it would dr like, dribble through to the kitchen. and. You start to get a picture of this house. <laughs> you picked like the local crack then, I think. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah. Um, but I fell in love with it. Um, a lot of people tried to talk me out of it. Um, and I was like, no, I love it. It's got loads of potential and I really want to do something with it. Um, so fortunately, I managed to get it. Uh, my stepdad, bless his cotton socks, and my mum, bless her, every single weekend, we were working on that house. Um, yeah, sorry, my stepdad moved in with me for like three months on a little airbed when he was like 65. <laughs> um, and yeah, we literally tore that place back to brick, smashed down some walls, put it back together again. Um, and then lived in it obviously for quite a while. Um, and it came to sell it and I was absolutely flabbergasted with the amount of money I managed to, to make as profit from that really. Um, and I thought, you know what, I don't just want to squander this money on, you know, just clothes, fast cars and booze. Um, <laughs> so I thought, do you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something productive with this money. Um, so it hid away in a bank for a little while. And um, all of a sudden, just one day, cropped up on Facebook about this two-hour workshop about property. And I was like, do you know what, yeah, I really want to do a bit more with this. And it'd be great to sort of learn a bit more. Um, went to like a two hour workshop, this lady essentially was sort of stood there telling us, you know, oh, I've made so much money and this is how I live out my life and it's amazing and all this sort of stuff. And usually those sort of sale tactics usually absolutely like switch off from. Um, but I don't know, something about it. And I was like, do you know what? Yeah. And it was, um, you had to sign up at the back and it was like for the next sort of three day course. So I was like, do you know what, let's do it. And you got like um, a free space for someone as well. So I signed myself up, went home, said to Alan, my partner, I was just like, so I've done something today and I really hope you're going to join me on the road. And he was just like, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm waffling on, but essentially we did, <laughs> we did tons and tons of courses um, with a company called Asset Academy. Uh, we spent about a year and a bit doing various different courses and they were amazing. They really, no joke, opened our eyes hugely to all the possibilities that you could do with property. Um, you know, it's not just buy it, rent it out and sit there. There are so many different things that you can do with property and it just opened our eyes massively. Um, so, you know, as the courses taught us, we went out and started to look for our, our target area. We decided on uh, the beautiful area that is Stoke, Stoke-on-Trent, um, and then kind of went from there, really. Um, we, we met our builder, found him, and essentially we started kind of off-piste a little bit because we bought, the first place we bought was a commercial property, so it was a, a shop. Um, we turned it into two flats and we now lease it out to a charity. 
um, okay. which is definitely the sort of way we want to go down more so, so more sort of supported housing, um, that sort of thing to just kind of give back and have that moral edge to our business as well as obviously just trying to make it sort of win-win-win really. Because um, obviously, yes, you know, we're we're going to profit from that and hopefully make it a full-time role. But also we're giving back to the community as well, which is really important to, to us. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah, sorry. I know I've definitely waffled there, but that, that, <laughs> that's kind of the story anyway. No, honestly, it's great. Great to hear because um, I've not heard, heard it in that much detail before either. But, um, but in terms of the move to grow, and the kind of the com- the kind of business side of it, you said you said as you started, it was a picking up a kind of rundown house and doing it up and then almost flipping it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to say, you say that when um, it almost sounded like you just kind of did it. Or did you do it on a bit of a whim? Was it was there kind of prior? Did you have any prior knowledge to doing it before? Or was it kind of just a bit of a knee jerk? Ah, oh, like. I like the look of this. It has a bit of potential. I'm going to just see what see what it looks like after I've done it up. Yeah, I think like a bit of all of that really. Like I, I really wanted to buy my first home, and you know, you when you come to that point in your life when you want to buy your first home, it's like, well, you know, I've only got a significant pot of money or, or whatever. Um, and the choices that I had with that, I was like, right, well, I am going to have to buy a crap hole. Um, so. <laughs> And I, I've always been quite practical and I love sort of doing practical stuff anyway. Um, and obviously it definitely helps when you've got a, a plaster as a stepdad. Um, oh, happy days. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, after talking with him um, and he was just like, yeah, you, you know, you can smash this out and you can smash that out and it's going to be fine and it's probably going to cost you this much. And you're like, cool, okay. Um, and I just like the fact that you know, instead of walking into somewhere that was brand new, you know, sparkly, cleany, that I could actually get my hands in there and actually turn it into something that I really wanted, um, mm. which came with a lot of sort of decisions when you're sort of thinking about, hmm, where do I want sockets to go? And are these down lighters going to be nice? Um, and stuff like that. But it was it was a re- like massively really good experience. Um, and yeah, just sort of propelled my love for, for property, really. Um, and finding that that potential in crappy properties, um, which definitely helps, I think. Oh, absolutely, awesome. <laughs> um, so, I, the question I was going to ask a bit, a little bit later, was how did the thought of creating a property business come to you? But I think you've answered that in terms of the kind of first exposure to it, and then going on courses. And then getting Alan involved, yeah. <laughs> and then you said go. Then looking at, looking up into looking up into Stoke for properties there. Yeah, but definitely. what I wanted what I wanted to know is is this your first venture into owning a business? And if not, what other businesses did you start? Yeah, so like, <laughs> I think my mum will probably agree with me that as like a kid, like I've always always sort of had that entrepreneurial sort of vibe with me but never really had huge amounts of confidence with it. Um, right. Like at, you know, the sweet age of 12, I was there with my bucket and sponge knocking on my neighbor's <laughs> doors, like, do you want your car clean for three pound? Um, <laughs> or like, you know, gardening in the summer, or I was always trying to make money and finding ways that I could make money. Um, had, a, you know, my first proper job, like quite early, 
um, and always sort of appreciated that to, you know, to make my own way in life, I needed to make money. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we're just bred in schools as well. There's not enough training on money management and entrepreneurship. Um, oh, not none at all. None well, at all. Exactly. I don't think I remember at all. None I don't remember. All. I don't think I remember school doing that for us at all. Definitely not. And it's sort of. I kind of feel that schools are sort of just they're breeding you to go into a job, find a job, rather than pushing you to actually be the sort of next. I don't know the next Apple or the next Amazon or you know whatever. Um, and yeah, and I struggled with confidence for, for well for years and years and years and. Um, you know, it was only really because of that that one property that I was like, you know what, actually, yes, I can make money from this. And, you know, the more courses I went on with, with Alan and the more people you talk to, and it's just like, wow, like, it has changed people's lives that we've spoken to. And you start, you start believing, you start opening out and you start thinking of, oh my God, my whole life could change. Like, if I'm not, you know, still working in a, in a job that you know gives me quite a low wage when I could you know I can be the change that I want to see and I can make a difference for myself um, oh absolutely so yeah so that's really sort of what, what sparked it really and even just listening to kind of talk about it it's kind of it you show it shows a lot of a lot of kind of I say passion is probably the cliched word of, but that kind of there's this there seems to be that kind of drive and desire in you to and enthusiasm when just speaking about it yeah, um definitely. and it and it was the um what was that? i was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and it was eddie hearn was the guest and he spoke about kind of his upbringing and how he kind of developed like matching box and stuff like that and his kind of family kind of tagline slogan is no passion no point okay yeah. so the, the so the idea of if you're if you haven't got if you're not passionate about it if you're not if you haven't got that drive and enthusiasm and desire to want to go and do something there's no point doing it most and the and the idea and just hearing you talk about that reminded me of that that quote you seem to have such a an enthusiasm for especially after i guess finding your first bit of success within it and that seeing oh you know what i can actually give this a go and like throwing yourself throwing yourself in kind of off the off the diving board into the pool of property if, if to use that yeah. <laughs> to, to use a weird metaphor yeah. but um no definitely you've got to do what you love what i wanted to oh yeah absolutely 100 percent um so with since starting move to grow and since stepping into property a little bit more are there any parts of running a business that you didn't realize you needed to do and the only reason I ask this is I've not really got any experience in running a business. Yeah. So I was all, almost a bit for, bit for me there. Just to, Is there anything you didn't take into consideration or you didn't realise would be so important? Um, do you know what, actually? Probably a, a, a different way of looking at it in some ways is, again, when we started thinking about this property business and all of the different elements of it, you start, I started thinking, right, I need to be an accountant and a solicitor. I need to be an estate agent. I need to be a builder. I need to be all of these yeah. things. And then you start, I even started looking at accountancy courses and stuff like that. And then I was like, but I hate numbers. I'm also <laughs> dyslexic and really bad at maths. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, what am I doing? 
Um, and I think it's it's having that, like, I don't know what the word is, but also just trying to think, right, what do I enjoy about the business and what do I not enjoy? And the things that you don't enjoy, outsource them. Because right. once, you, one, you know, when you outsource it, like, we have definitely got an accountant because I could definitely not do that stuff. Um, and because I don't enjoy it, I don't enjoy that side of the business. So I think the most important bit is outsource the bits you don't like. Because um, going back to what you said earlier about passion, you want to do the fun bits. You want to do the bits that, you know, bring you that joy that you wake up for the, in the morning for. Um, and accountancy definitely isn't isn't that for me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> That'd be a, got a new calling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's finding that power team, like, and again, the courses that we went on mm-hmm. spoke about power teams so, so much. Um, and we have now, you know, obviously we've had to sort of go through a little bit of the weeds through the pond as such. Um, but we now have a super, super strong team. So we've got a brilliant, brilliant solicitor. We've got brokers. We've got accountants. Um, we're starting to build more relationships with estate agents. Um, as I said before, we've got an amazing builder, got an amazing architect. Um, so yeah, it is the power of your team and never, you know, um, overthink that or underthink that really. Because um, you can't be everything. You cannot be everything. Yeah, definitely. And I think with that as well, with those, those things, like you said about accountancy, if you were to do them yourself, for example, and you didn't, really want to do them naturally we look to try and like find shortcuts yeah, to just get them definitely. done so so i think definitely looking at like you said that outsourcing and finding people who actually that's their profession or they or they have a bit more of a they find a bit more value in doing it you probably think right they get the job will be done much better than i would have done yeah, it rather than exactly. sometimes trying to take control of everything which which we've seen doesn't work no definitely not <laughs> but um so one thing, a question that I did, I was doing a bit of research before finding the questions just to find kind of appropriate questions because okay. within property, I've, I have no idea. So for one thing I wanted to ask was what do you consider to be the factors that make a good property investment? Yeah. So is there anything in particular you look for in order to decide whether this is going to be good value whether it's going to be able to be able to flip it for a decent profit or whether it's going to be a sh- it's going to be cost effective whether or anything yeah. like that so is there any any factors that make a good property investment? most definitely so um to sort of start quite simply it's all to do with your strategy um you will have a strategy whether that is simply you want to buy vital lets or you want to buy hmos or you want to buy commercial properties or you've kind of you've kind of got to have a strategy and then you find your area work you know where about in the country does that strategy work um yeah. and then sort of going from that is just trying to find a little bit more of a niche really so um like we found in stoke um, there are tons and tons of people doing vitalettes and HMOs. Um, there was a lot of competition for that, but we we liked Stoke because one, it's north enough that you get the cheaper prices, but um, <laughs> south enough that the southerners can get there in about sort of two three hours. 
So we were like, right, what can we do in Stoke? Um, <clears throat> which kind of went against what we originally thought of strategy first. We sort of found the area first and then was like, right, let's try and find our niche. And that's right. where we sort of found that there was a, na- a massive demand for one bed flats and there's a huge demand for social housing. And because of the way commercial property works, it's actually quite, there were there's a hell of a lot of less competition for that. So we were like, right, merge them together, buying commercial properties, turning them into flats and then leasing them out to charities. And again, not a lot of people do that at the moment. So that's that's what we what we found and the strategy that we went for. And um, when it actually comes to going and looking at a property, area first. So if you turn up to a turn up to a property and you're walking down the street and you don't get a good vibe from that street or you know especially because we're looking to put charitable people in there um you know a high street's probably not going to be a good place especially if you know if you've got a pub opposite or you know all those bad influences um yeah or if you turn up and it's you know bang smack in the middle of nowhere with no other sort of like <laughs> other houses or every, any other community you know vibe around there too um so it's trying to tailor it and it will be you know the same sort of thing if you're trying to look for a student house or a buy to let for a family or you know whatever you're trying to look for it's just going and having that feel for the area first and then yeah rather than kind of deciding and then all of a sudden going oh actually I yeah, don't like, exactly. yeah, it's not suitable. because you've got to have that demand if you don't have the demand it doesn't matter how cheap you get that property you're not going to fill it and or if you do fill it they're not going to stay for very long or or all the rest of it so yeah you definitely have to have that demand and then yeah for the property itself it's you know having a look seeing what what quirks it's got or you know if it's got damp or or whatever if there's big cracks and can you solve it and that's that's the bit that sort of then you start well I start sort of really going into sort of mastermind like oh I could crack that wall down or I could do this or I could do that um you go full yeah exactly and then you're like oh the square footage of this means that I can do that and yeah all a bit of bit of maths bit of sort of imagination and and then your architect sort of brings you back down to earth and you're just like right this is what you can do <laughs> um and that sort of thing so yeah i think i've sort of sort of gone around the houses excuse the pun but um yeah there's lots of things to sort of think about really is there a re- is that is stoke the only place you looked or was there any other areas that you looked at before deciding on stoke yeah we um we looked at a few so um we started off with five different areas and then sort of just whittled whittled that list down um we had like the likes of manchester liverpool um derby loads of different places um and it's not you know we we majorly invest in stoke um but we do have property elsewhere and we do work with sources who find properties for us as well um so we just completed on one um just under newcastle um which will be exciting somewhere new to go uh (laughs) once we're allowed out um (laughs) so yeah so we'll sort of invest invest wherever really as long as the deal works and again there's demand um then yeah you can kind of go anywhere with it absolutely and i guess all the i guess like like you said all the kind of if the if everything adds up and if all the factors that surround the kind of property you're looking at seem to fit the bill then almost then it becomes a bit more of a rather than a risk i guess it becomes a bit more calculated definitely and in this game you don't you don't want to take risks you want 
to know you know that that is worth that right okay if I can get it you know below market value and then sort of make your money that way as well you don't really want to sort of just be like yeah I think it's worth about that yeah yeah I'll, you know we'll spend this and go way over budget and all that sort of stuff like you have to, it, there is a process to it and you definitely have to try and stick to it um I think you, a lot of the time you have to take the emotion out of it like if you really love a property then you're more likely to sort of test those budget boundaries um whereas like you've got to be quite sort of right that is the price limit of that I've got to stick to that um and if it goes over you know if, if like your bids or whatever if you're if you put a bid in and it doesn't get accepted and it's like okay next move on um because yeah, yeah I mean we're, we're constantly going in at below market value so we get laughed at a lot by estate agents um <laughs> but you've, you've just got to kind of kind of got to put that mask on sometimes because yeah getting getting those no's and those rejections is a part of this most definitely so yeah you have to get build a bit of a thicker skin yeah definitely that follows on to my next question actually quite nicely (laughs) have you have you experienced any setbacks since starting your business um do you know what i think biggest setback has been myself in honesty um in what in what way what in terms of confidence or confidence um as I sort of said, like I think we're we're bred to stay in a job because that's safe and that's what everyone else does, sort of thing. So actually taking that step to sort of do your own thing and you know build your own business is quite scary. And there's there's so many things that you, you need to know and learn and and yeah, you have and for me, like I'm not the most outgoing person. So, you know, even talking to estate agents right at the start, I really sort of avoided that. I avoided picking up the phone um, and doing all the things that would make my business better. Um, but, you know, as time's gone on, I've just had to push push myself and do that. And with getting, knowing more people in the property networks and uh, getting a mentor, and I now have a life coach as well, um, who are all sort of property specific that has definitely helped to boost my confidence and I think if you surround yourself with one positive people but also people that are doing similar things to you it definitely definitely helps because you can start bouncing ideas off people and um, you know we're constantly on webinars and zooms and stuff especially zooms nowadays um, used to be yeah. a lot in the classroom not so much now um, but yeah just constantly learning because I like, someone once said to me, I like to be the, the thickest person in the room so that you're always learning rather than being the one that's like, yeah, yeah I know yeah. everything. Actually going in there and learning something from other people is is invaluable. Just got to keep on going, really. Yeah, 100%. And that, that's that's interesting, that being the, the thickest person in the room, because I know, especially with, because we've worked together for a yeah. few years now, and within within my role, for example, within football, it's an interesting one because I know I know loads of people who try and just give give it the beans every time you try and talk to them, and every every kind of conversation you have is always, yeah, I know that, I know this, I do this, I do that. But sometimes it's like, look, well done, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sometimes you just want to sometimes you just want to be like like for me, for example, going and 
trying to use this time to learn and pick up new things and do a bit like more reading and stuff like that it's just trying to pick then and even using the podcast actually for example using this to try and pick brains of people who know more about things yeah. than I do yeah, so it's always it's important to try and like you said to just put yourself in that environment where you're you know you almost pride can kind of take a take a back seat and you just think right I'm just here yeah. to absorb I'm just here to take on as much as I can and then go on go on and apply definitely. it as well. I mean you know some people some people definitely learn by winging it um but I think I think you just get more out of things especially especially in this sort of business in the property world I think there's just there's there's as we were talking about before about risk there's too much risk in just winging it and blagging it and sort of trying yeah. to act as if you know everything when there's just there's too much to learn and the you know but there's a massive massive support network out there um and if you don't necessarily know the answer then don't don't pretend you do go out there find out research ask people network you know do all of those things to so you, you learn and then you don't sort of make that mistake again um but yeah definitely. yeah because there'll definitely be people who've made the mistakes oh, for yeah. you yeah. but especially that's why you have a that's why you have a mentor that's why you have someone because they've probably made the mistakes for you so you can go and go actually i'm not yeah. going to do that i'm not going to do that so it should make your life a, a little bit yeah a little definitely bit easier. um but in in light of that, with this episode, there might be people listening who have an interest in potentially going into investing in property or even starting their own business or anything like that. So for those who might be interested, what would you suggest that they look to do in preparation before taking the step to maybe starting their own business? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things I think if you if you have an interest in something go and research it go and learn as much as you can about it go and speak to as many people as you can about that um but also take action we can waste so much time by trying to wait for things to be perfect and things will never ever be perfect you have just sometimes just got to jump in and do it um and yes you will learn along the way um because although we did tons and tons of courses and they were brilliant they were only really a stepping point for us when you actually go out and start doing these things you know real life experiences start cropping up and real life problems start cropping up and you're like oh okay well how have i got to do that and then i mean i'm quite a practical learner so i learn by doing um, but you've definitely just got to take action. Don't wait for tomorrow. Do it today. Um, and yeah, I've definitely. I've been reading this really good book at the moment, actually, called The Five Second Rule. Um, because I do this all the time. Like you have like a really good idea of something that you'd like to do or you know you should do. And then you have that idea. And then within the first five seconds, that brain of yours starts talking you out of it. Oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Oh, no, you'll oh, oh, you look yeah. silly if you do that. Oh, well, you know, you know, you're a bit rubbish at talking to people. And this book is all about the five second rule of counting down. So you have that idea and it's five, four, three, two, one, do it. So you do not have the time to start talking yourself out of it. And um, I've, yeah, I've been trying to sort of do that with myself recently a lot. Um, so, yeah, I've just got to take action. Just do it. Just do it, like Nike says. <laughs> <laughs> Other fitness brands are available. Um, 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Other sporting brands are available. Um, but uh, <laughs> but from from I've got a couple more questions. There's a couple more that I I have in my notes, and there's a couple I've thought of. Um, but from in terms of being a bit reflective of what you've done so far, is there anything that you wish you did differently in the beginning, or are you quite happy with this, the the, the uh, decisions you've made so yeah, far? Yeah, uh, me and Alan were actually talking about this um, the other day. I think our biggest regret is not talking about it soon enough. Um, we we were so secret squirrel with our business to start off with. Um, you know, we did all we did pretty much like most of all the courses without telling family, friends or really anyone what we were doing. Um, and one of the big lessons that people keep sort of telling you is go out there and talk to people and, you know, raise money and do this and do that. And we were all a bit like, oh, no, or um, just too worried. What do, you, what do you think the reason is? What do you, yeah, just, I'll, I'll just do want to interrupt, but what do you think the reason for that was? There's no real, really good reason for it. I think, I don't know. I don't know if we were just sort of scared or worried or, or why we did it. Or we thought, oh, we'll, we'll learn all the stuff first and then and then we'll start talking about it. Um, but in honesty, that just held us back. Like we, for a good sort of six months, we didn't tell anybody. Um, and that held us back six months. We could have had those those months to tell people what we were doing and to increase sort of knowledge and awareness of what we were doing. Um, and yeah, so we we sort of look back that we we lost those months. Um, although we were learning, obviously that was still valuable use of our time. But definitely we needed to be shouting from the rooftops about it and telling everybody and, you know, our neighbours and our postmen and, yeah. you know, everyone that anyone, everybody and anyone that would listen. Um, so yeah, once we sort of that penny dropped, then we just started telling everybody about it. So yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's the that's the thing. In hindsight, it's great with that sort of that sort of thing as well. With kind of should have started um, should have started sooner. But that's the thing now. Now you know you can almost put double yeah. the effort in, and almost like in the back of your head, it's almost making up for that time. And you'll probably end up talking to more people and getting more information from people about about it now that you've had six months to almost prepare yeah, yourself definitely. to go and do and it. It. Was, it was the same with our Instagram account as well. Like we kept saying, oh, we should put, we should make an Instagram account about our business. And then just, then you're, again, it's that your mind starts talking you out of it. Like, oh yeah, but what are we going to talk about? What content are we going to put up there? And oh, we you know, well, Instagram says you have to be consistent and what we're going to do and what we're going to say. And and then just one day, Alan was like, I've made an Instagram account. I was like, what? Oh, my God, we're not ready. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. That is the story of my life as well. I can fully but resonate with that. Once you do oh it, again, goodness. nothing, you can't wait for everything to be perfect. You can't wait for you to, you know, create a year's worth of content before you do these things. You've just, just got to do it. Take action. Yeah. You, it, the, yeah, the best time for Most that is, is now. It's and or even yeah. yesterday <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's the thing with that it's just, just putting yourself in and sometimes you find you do you're almost that little bit of pressure of being in the moment often helps you thrive and helps you just sail off rather than trying to think about putting all the pieces together and making sure it looks pretty when you start sometimes going in and getting your kind of hands dirty with it often yeah is the most best definitely. way most definitely 
And before I ask you the final question, um, I don't know. I, this might I might cut this out. <laughs> I'm just trying to think off, yeah. off the whip, off the whim. A bit of it, you can go in whatever kind of le- level you want with it. But what? Actually, I'm going to maybe split this into two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But the fir- first one, speaking about kind of starting the business and seeing how the kind of the sort of money you've made from it. Um, what value do you put on money? Um, yeah, it does. I think, again, I think we shy away from talking about money. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, money doesn't make you happy. And to a degree... To a degree, I think, yes, that is right. Um, but on the other hand, money opens up a lot of other possibilities for you. Um, like, I, you know, don't ever want to, I'm at, well, don't think I'll ever be like a multi-million billionaire or anything like that. But I just, you know, I've got my goals that, obviously, I want to be comfortable um, and, you know, know enough money is going to come in to keep a roof over our heads and, you know, be able to go on a holiday or two or whatever. But I also want to use that money to take care of my parents and make sure that they've got a house and that they're secure and, you know, they've got a pot of money to do what they want to do with it. And, you know, look after my brother and, you know, one day me and Alan will hopefully have a family. So I want to start saving for that and make sure that they've got a a brilliant life ahead of them. Um, But also, I mean, I would love, absolutely love to have my own CIC. a community interest company to help people with mental health. Um, that is a, a massive, massive goal right. of mine. And I just think, you know, once once we're secure, our family's secure, money-wise and that sort of thing, all of that additional money can be put towards a charitable cause like that and doing that sort of thing. Because, um, you know, we can make all this money and I could, you know, make enough money to not have to work at all, but I mean, that would be really boring. <laughs> So I've got to do I've got to do something and giving back to the community. I mean, obviously, Billy, you've worked with me for quite a long time, and um, that is definitely a massive passion of mine and something that I don't think I could just sit there and do nothing. I need to I need to go out there and help people and make other people, you know, feel empowered enough that they can achieve their own goals, and I, that's definitely really important to me. So yeah, money money would make a massive yeah, difference. Yeah, and I think that, knowing so, you yeah. as well. Definitely, and I think knowing you as well, I think you'd, you'd seem you'd get very <laughs> bored very quickly if you so, just sat, <laughs> sat, with your, sat with your cocktails. You think, yeah, right, should we go do something? But but for the the final final question, I won't keep you for too much longer. Where can people find you? For yeah, definitely. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are on Instagram, and um, so it's Move to Grow Properties, and it's a two as in a number two. Um, so you can find us there on Instagram. Um, hopefully this year we we're looking at maybe building a website but yeah you can definitely catch us on Instagram before that super and I if you, if any of you guys have any questions for Sam fire them her way I'm sure she'll uh, be happy to respond uh, same with me if you have any questions about about the episode or about anything else just fire me a message on instagram at not another podcast underscore twitter is at na podcast underscore but i need to try and do a bit better on the twitter side of it but anyway (laughs) but sam thank you very much for your time and your well done for answering some of those questions (laughs) i've thrown a few try to try to (laughs) 
try to try to catch you off guard, but you seem to <laughs> seem to hold for to fair place. Yeah. yeah. But um, no but problem. yeah, thank you very much for coming on, uh, and everyone else. I'll catch you later. Bye bye. <laughs>